1: Blue wire. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker
0: from downtown. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow.
1: Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for Mass Live. I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, we have basketball. Geno Time got some free promo in the bubble. <laughs> that was. Shout out to the Celtics. They were like the home team. So they got to like put all their like Celtics promo stuff up. And they had a Geno time graphic that was almost exactly our Geno time graphic. It's like the Geno time and it had like a lightning bolt, same (laughs) font. It was a beautiful thing. So I want to say shout out to the Boston Celtics, you know, for the show of support.
0: So I didn't see the original picture. I think Jim Murray of 98.5 tweeted out the graphics that they were using and Tom tweeted it and I texted him and I was like, did you Photoshop
1: this? (laughs) (laughs) Because Um, it
0: literally is like a shot for shot of our podcast logo. (laughs) So I just love it.
1: It was really fantastic. And I, I appreciate anybody who got the joke when I tweeted out just, hmm, that's very interesting. So we have a lot to get into today. So shout out to MassLive.com, my employer. We were the first ones on this train to do 10 things we learned. Everybody else jacked our style. I am giving us permission here on Geno Time to do 10 things we have learned about the first two scrimmages of the Orlando bubble. So Nicole, what, what do you have as number one on your list?
0: Okay, this isn't ranked in terms of order. Right, no, no, no. This is just
1: like, here's 10 notes.
0: The first thing, I guess my initial like big takeaway is that the Celtics are largely the same. I don't think that there was anybody that came back that looked notably different in terms of like conditioning. Nobody looked really sluggish. A lot of guys came back in better shape, but I feel like we haven't really seen those gains necessarily pay off yet because it's not playoff basketball. They're not really testing the limits of their like physical ability yet. For sure. Um, so like I think that's good. Like Marcus Smart is still doing Marcus Smart things, still like poking at the ball, making steals. Brad Stevens still calling mad Brad timeouts. <laughs> um, Grant Williams still seems to be very useful. I think there was a lot of concerns about just how funky this restart could be and what could be lost in that three, four-month hiatus. Overall, I feel like the Celtics are largely the same team when healthy.
1: I think it speaks really well to them that there were no positive tests after Marcus Smart. It seems like guys were pretty careful. And to your point, it seems like guys kept themselves in pretty good shape. And, you know, you mentioned the gains. I think one thing that's happened is that a lot of guys added some muscle, and now they have to get in cardio shape again. Like, that's the complicated thing about playing basketball is that, like, it's such a cliche, but, like, any basketball player will tell you there is no other way to get in basketball shape but to play basketball. You can run sprints. You can run distance. It doesn't matter. You you could run on a basketball court and pretend that you were playing a game every day, and it would not be the same as running in a basketball game. You know, these guys look rusty. They look a little, you know, sluggish here and there, and that's just... What it's going to be until they're back in basketball shape. Brad has talked a million times about like teams that stay the most ready have a real chance to make a deep run, and I think early indications would say that like it seems like the Celtics did. I think the player that obviously looks the most ready is Jalen Brown, not just in because his shot is falling, which it is, and I mean his first shot of the of the first scrimmage was a ridiculously tough post up on Chris Paul that he just like threw like 30 feet high into the air and it just came down and hit nothing but net. I wrote a story pretty early in quarantine. I talked to Jalen's longtime trainer Desmond Eastman, and he and he told me, like, JB was was in great shape. He's still in great shape. Um, and he said if they started back tomorrow, he wouldn't miss a beat. Actually texted Desmond was just like, you were exactly right. It, it's, it's been really impressive to see how ready he came back to the bubble.
0: Not that I am a basketball player or ever have been a basketball player, but I feel like when you are transitioning after such a long rest, like I feel like with other habits or hobbies, like you might be a little bit tentative. He just is going for it. Like he's not really showing much hesitation. Like he just looks really confident. And I think it's important for the Celtics because Jason Tatum hasn't looked fantastic per se, um, I don't think that's any cause for concern at all, but he isn't having as much success with getting the shots to fall.
1: The shots that Jalen has been getting so far are shots that he's really good at, and that are shots he should be taking. Like even that post up against Chris Paul, he's really good at those mid range post ups, and he's really good driving hard at the rim, and he's really good when he's knocking down spot up three pointers. Like he's getting the shots that he should be getting. We saw that when Tatum started taking the shots that he's really good at, the sidestep three, he started to see some success again. You know, he started get a little more a little more bounce in his step you know he had that kind of a, a tough fade away it's just about playing the right way that you used to play and that was something that was honed over the course of the season I'm, I'm with you on not being very concerned about Tatum
0: I guess likewise I'm not very concerned about Kemba Walker either so we just saw him for the first time he played nine minutes in the Phoenix scrimmage nine minutes is a very small sample size From what we saw, I thought he didn't look very tentative. He wasn't actively avoiding contact. Like Brad said, I think yesterday, his burst is back. Like I didn't notice anything in particular there. Like he looked fine. So I guess like there is reason to believe Brad and Kemba when they say, this is just the smart thing to do. I want to be ready when the playoffs are here. Of course, it's like natural to be skeptical about that. From what we saw for the first time of him in game action, even though it was so limited, I think right Now I am inclined to believe what they're saying, and that this is really just a load management technique, and they just don't want to have him play like 25 minutes and then aggravate the knee.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they were kind of scared straight, you know, during the season, like, okay, this is something we need to manage. And I think, I think it's reasonable to say I'm a little concerned about Kemba Walker long term, given the fact that he is 30, he is shifty, he does rely on his quickness a lot. But I'm not too concerned about him in the bubble. Like, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be quite good. But if you told me like okay the Celtics have this 30 year old point guard sign for the next four years and and like you know maybe there's some slippage there like yeah I could I could see that happening like I don't I don't think that's ridiculous or anything I am curious what it means for the Celtics if if the order of scoring is Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Kemba Walker I'm curious like if they're better off with Jalen as the number two scorer or Kemba as the number two scorer or if it matters at all so I, I I don't know I think that'll be something interesting to watch
0: I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like for the Celtics, and I think this is one of their biggest strengths, is that they have four guys, Jalen, Jason, Kemba, and Gordon Hayward, who can all theoretically go off for like 20 points, 30 points, depending on the opponent in the night. So I think for them, they just need consistent production. And then they've sort of said this in various post-game press conferences during the regular season, but like, it's anybody's night. It can even be Marcus Smart's night some nights. But like, if they just have one guy go off, usually it's Tatum because he's become that like superstar for them or that like everyone says on a championship team you need a top five player not saying Jason Tatum's a top five player but like he would be the equivalent of that if the Celtics were to make a run he's become that guy but really I think as long as they get consistent production from their like best five they're in a good spot and I think it will vary I actually don't think it will be like a consistent hierarchy I think it'll I think it'll change night to night and I think that's one of the reasons why the Celtics are so dangerous
1: I agree with that Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code GINO or DealDash.fm slash GINO. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash GINO. Tremont Waters, I am so high on that kid. He's really good. He's, 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 He's got something.
0: He has just so much control as a playmaker. And that's just, I feel like so rare for a two-way player, like let alone a rookie, but like for a two-way player that wasn't even in the system. But every time you see him on the court with the Celtics, he just looks like he knows what he's doing. His passes are on point and also just
1: reflective of his great court vision. He's so precise, like his passing is so precise, like a lot of his passes, they're just pocket passes, like they're nothing crazy. But the fact that he's like, he sees them, and he just like zips them in there. And like, they're they're so precise, but it's like he gets them there in a creative way. Like some of them, he does like two hands like over the head, like whatever he's got to do to get the ball where it needs to be. I think offensively, this is going to sound like hyperbole um, after like two scrimmages, and it certainly is. But I think there is a path to him becoming a starting NBA point guard. It basically all revolves around him being able to hit pull-up threes. Like if he can hit threes around the pick and roll, he's going to be a problem. Guys will have to chase him around those screens every time they do that. He's going to warp the defense, and if he's playing against a warped defense, his vision is so good. I mean, he's just going to be picking people apart. It is going to be really, really hard to stop him, even given his size. Just the fact that he plays defense hard, that he tries really hard, that he digs out a lot of those balls. I could, I could see, I could see a world in which he's a starting point guard on an NBA team.
0: We've said this before. He definitely will be on an NBA contract next season. There's sure. no way he will still be on a two-way deal or in the. G- I don't think
1: there's any way the Celtics let him go next season.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, is like he's just not going to get minutes once real
1: games start. I think that it's a little premature to completely write off him getting minutes. I don't think he's going to get playoff minutes. They're going to trim that way down. But I wouldn't be stunned if Brad took a look at what he looks like with some of these guys um, during the seeding games. Brad said today that, like, anytime these guys are on the court, they're kind of auditioning. I don't think it's crazy to think that he might get a couple of auditions. And and again, I don't think he's gonna get playoff minutes, but like I think that there's a real chance he plays seeding minutes and crazier things have happened.
0: I would be shocked if he somehow gets time during a playoff game. Even in like garbage time, I feel like he's still gonna to turn to Brad Wanamaker. He's auditioning obviously for like next season. For sure. Um, and things like that. So speaking of auditioning for minutes, Robert Williams not getting much time with the starters a bit surprising I think but I could have just been tricked by like the training camp hype definitely doesn't seem like from what we've seen so far that they're gonna be looking at that or that they're really even considering integrating him it still seems like the five spot will be Tice Cantor and then maybe a little bit with him but I feel like during the playoffs now I would be shocked if he gets time I Cause like what, even if they go matchup based, like what matchup would Rob yeah. be the ideal guy?
1: So things are kind of stacked against Rob in that way, because if you want a great, that's a little excessive. If you want a good defensive center, you're going to go with Daniel Tice because Daniel Tice is a good defensive center. Like if you've got him in the game, you're getting rock solid defense, hands up you know right position almost all the time can go out to the three point line and switch a little bit so if you want a good defensive center and that's what the Celtics want they don't need a guy who's going to go out and score they've got they got those guys they got lots of those guys they need somebody who's going to play good center defense that's him if there's a guy on the court who's a little too strong for Tice because he isn't the biggest guy in the world, then you're gonna put Cantor out there because Cantor is large and he we've seen him defend the post pretty well. Like he can't do anything else defensively, but he can defend the post. And you know, we saw Brad go to Cantor against Steven Adams in the first game when Steven Adams was just literally throwing the Celtics in lockers. And then the other person that they throw out there at the center is Grant Williams, who they've seen all year as the guy they want to be a small ball five. So you've got your good defensive center, you've got your big guy defensive center, and you've got your small ball guy. That doesn't really leave anything for Rob. I still think that Rob has NBA potential. I still think there's a lot there to like. I kind of have a hard time seeing it on this roster with him getting on the floor. This isn't
0: like an indictment on his long-term future. I just think in this short term, it's not happening right now, especially with how much time he missed leading up to the hiatus.
1: If I were Rob Williams, I would offer Ennis Cantor a million dollars to opt out. Because if Ennis Cantor opts in, Rob is in a tough, tough spot. Yeah. Because not only for is he like trying season, to get not minutes, not for the restart. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, to, to opt out for next season. Like, because not only is is Rob competing for minutes, next season is is his extension. Rob needs those minutes for development. Like, he needs to be the backup center next year, and. If he's not, I don't know what his market is going to be because he hasn't proven anything yet. Like he's had highlights. Teams can go online and see him catching a lob and they can go online and see him swatting a shot away. And they can also see all these moments where he didn't do what the Celtics needed him to do. All that being said, we are reacting to two scrimmage games. It's possible that Brad just has been, you know, trying out some other things and that maybe Rob plays a bunch in Tuesday and maybe he gets 20 minutes against the Bucks on Friday. Like, we don't know. But right. I, think that, I think that it's fair to have questions after two games where, like you said, Rob didn't play with starters and he didn't super get a ton of minutes even with the second unit either. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wage experts.
0: It does look like players are still obviously trying to speak out about the Black Lives Matter movement, the fact that Breonna Taylor's killers are still, two of the three are still on the job and none have been arrested. Jalen Brown spoke on that at the end of one of his press conferences. Marcus Smart took a press conference just to say justice for Breonna Taylor. I will say that NBC Sports Boston did catch some flack for their handling of Jalen Brown's post-game press conference after the Friday night scrimmage. He was asked a question about the protests he led in Atlanta. And before hearing his answer, the broadcast cut back to Kyle Draper and Brian Scalabrini in studio. That is not a good look. It's not like they cut to commercial. It's not like yeah. they cut to a sponsored content just optically they cut right back to the studio it didn't really seem like that was necessary it seemed like they could have listened to that answer
1: they did apologize for it
0: they did apologize after getting a significant amount of backlash
1: <laughs> like to me if they had if they had come out and said like we made a mistake we shouldn't have done that if it had been something like that then i would have been like i get it like you, you made a mistake like you shouldn't have done that but like i get how it happened sort of thing so that was kind of where i came on that it does seem like there has been a lot of a lot of really positive communication among the Celtics in terms of how they want to approach Breonna Taylor. It's, it's, it's everybody. Like a lot of people have, have, have comments on that. Ennis it's cancer, even, you know, Tremont Waters is, is calling for justice for Breonna Taylor in his first conference on Saturday. And I, I think that's showing that like the players are communicating, you know, among each other, there is kind of like a solidarity among the players. It's not just, well, let's let Jalen go out and talk about it because this is the kind of thing that Jalen handles. It's, it's everybody. I think Marcus Smart caught a little bit of flack for his handling of it, where he just, literally said guys I'm only going to answer that I want justice for Breonna Taylor and even questions about Breonna Taylor he he did that as well I've appreciated how the Celtics have tried to stay on point I mean it's got to be really hard to try to stay on point because you're going through all this new stuff you've got people peppering you with questions every day about basketball it's got to be kind of hard to stay on message but you know they're definitely trying and I think there's something to be said to that
0: and I do think that beyond the Celtics it seems like there's been a coordinated effort among just like the players like on other teams as well like for example, at the very least smart, I don't know who else, but I assume other players were on that Zoom call with Brianna Taylor's mother to sort of just talk about the investigation and like what stage they're at in terms of achieving justice. And Jalen Brown has also mentioned that he's been reaching out to players on other teams that seem to be on the same page as him and that want similar things in terms of how they can all collaborate. I think they're trying and I agree with you that it's probably difficult
1: I think it can be really easy for us as basketball journalists to just analyze, 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 you know, as opposed to talking about Brianna Taylor herself, let's talk about how the Celtics are reacting to Brianna Taylor. So let's just, before we close this out, or before we close this segment out to echo their point, justice for Brianna Taylor. As always, it's difficult to transition back into basketball after that. We have a couple more points to get to, though. So, Romeo Lankford played a little bit Sunday. He obviously missed the first game um, with a a stomach illness, which was just a stomach illness. Uh, He did not have COVID, so that was good. He did a few nice things, especially on the offensive end on Sunday. He had a couple of nice backdoor cuts, made an open corner three. You know, at this stage in his development, those, those are the type of offensive things he needs to do. I thought Romeo represented himself pretty well in, in his, uh, his first scrimmage.
0: Romeo just can't catch a break. Like, of course, the first scrimmage where <laughs> there's more of the second unit, the starters are only going to play the first half. He's sick. Hopefully, um, he will be able to stay healthy because I agree with you that, I mean, Brad said it today, he'll be in the mix to play certain matchups already. He's done a good job. So there's definitely potential there. He just needs to stay healthy and stay ready. And then when he gets those opportunities... Like what Romeo said in his media availability recently, I just want to be ready when my name's called and try my best once I get those opportunities. Uh,
1: It's it's interesting to me watching what he's doing because he's playing sort of the same role that Jalen Brown played in his rookie season, that kind of just go stand in the corner and try not to mess anything up for, for like five minutes here. You know, that's a tough role to play because... When you're thrown out there and told, I mean, I assume not explicitly, but when the implication is, hey, just go out there and try not to screw things up too bad, that's so much pressure. Like, that's so much more pressure than being put out there for, like, 25 minutes because if you miss your first shot and you know you're going to play 25 minutes, then you know you're going to get a second one. Whereas if you're playing for five minutes and you miss your first shot or you miss a defensive rotation, like, that might be the only chance you get to prove yourself. So that's a tough thing.
0: I would add that it's probably like, don't screw up anything like defensively. I feel like yes, that's for sure. what would ultimately have him get yanked is if he can't keep up on defense. If he misses a shot and it's a good shot, mm, like, I feel like that's not the end of the world.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, you look no farther than Grant Williams early in the season, still getting minutes as he's going 0 for 27 from three. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it it really is about defense. That's something that Brad said today, that he, defensively he's been good. I don't think it's a coincidence that Brad said, defensively he's been good, he'll be in the mix to play. Like, those those two things come directly after each other. Like, that's the Brad Stevens way with uh, little used rookies, I feel like. I also thought that Carson Edwards had a nice scrimmage on Sunday against the Suns. Like, he didn't he didn't try to do too much. He just mostly, like, passed and, you know, tried to finish at the rim. Like, obviously the Celtics are still waiting for him to heat up again, but the thing is that he's, you know, he might never again be the guy he probably will never again be the guy who made eight three-pointers in a quarter if he can just go out there and like make the right pass make the right play if you get an open shot absolutely chuck that thing but like he doesn't have to be this like flamethrower he just needs to be a reliable player And, and I thought he played a little bit more like just a normal reliable player on Sunday
0: as we go down the lineup I feel like we're encroaching more into the hyperbole overreaction stage because we see so little of these guys you know what I mean and they have such a
1: I thought I couched that pretty carefully.
0: (laughs) They have such a limited portfolio that you can't even back it in sort of what we've seen last season or before the hiatus and things like that. So my thing with Carson Edwards is I just, again, I just don't think he'll get minutes regardless. He's sort of playing for the next year. It's good, obviously, if he plays well for the Celtics, but no matter how well he performs, like I just can't envision a way that like he will really either earn minutes or drastically change his current perception within the organization.
1: For sure. To be clear, I am not saying that like Carson Edwards played well and thus he might get playoff minutes. I'm saying it was good to see Carson Edwards making some like decent passes and even finishing at the rim because those are the things that he has always struggled to do. Like the last thing I, I wanted to ask you um, on the young guys, what's what's like the order that you think guys will get minutes? Like that okay. you think are like the most likely to get minutes?
0: I mean, Grant Williams will get minutes. Yeah. I think I
1: think he's clearly number one on this list.
0: Shemi Ojale will get minutes. Wan- I'm, not,
1: I'm actually not including him. I don't think he I don't think he can be called a young guy anymore. He's in his third year. We know he's gonna get minutes, so it's not even really a question mark with him.
0: Okay. I mean, Brad Wanamaker, obviously not a young guy. He will get minutes.
1: Even though he's in his second season, so technically he but, should, but whatever.
0: Exactly. I mean Javante Green, technically not a young guy. Rookie. <laughs> but a rookie. So then after that, honestly, I think it's Romeo Langford, just based on the Celtics needs. The second player behind that, I think, is Rob. But sort of as we laid out earlier with the center position, it just doesn't really make sense right now. So I think it's Romeo. And especially like you said, Gordon Hayward is going to be leaving at some point. And – It's probably going to be like two or three, maybe four games, and that will be significant given the point in the season the Celtics will be in, presumably, either the Eastern Conference semis or the Eastern Conference finals. So they're going to want to sort of prime Romeo or prime whoever will be filling in for him before that. Like, it's not going to just be like, all right, here you go. Like, I I think it's going to be Romeo, but what are your thoughts?
1: No, I think that's right. I think, I think that reasoning is why I also would have Romeo at number two, because otherwise I would be ready to bust out the hot take that it's Tremont. (laughs) I have Tremont over Rob actually in my list. Like I'm not ripping on Rob. I don't, I still think, you know, there's all the potential there that there always has been. I'm hoping for the best for him, but Tremont's just ready. I don't know. Maybe Kemba's in foul trouble, and you know Marcus is already guarding up against some really talented wing or something like that. And Brad Wanamaker's already played, you know, twenty minutes or whatever. Like, yeah, like I could see Tremont getting a couple of minutes just to like dispel somebody. So I think that there's a world in which he actually gets a couple minutes.
0: There was one play that made me like gasp. Was when who threw it to him? Oh, Tatum. Oh, Tatum he threw a very bad lob pass to Gordon Hayward, and when he landed, I feel like even Hayward looked a little spooked because that was like very reminiscent of the one that broke his ankle and he like looked a little i mean maybe wobbly is the right word but like the way he landed it wasn't like a firm landing like Mm -hmm. That was scary. He was
1: not ten toes down on that one, no. I I don't know why Tatum threw it like that. It was the most like nonchalant lob. Like from a player who doesn't throw a ton of lobs, like to a player <laughs> that doesn't
0: feel like a bunch of lobs.
1: Be a little more chalant with it, Tatum. Like that's that was, a, that was a bad pass, and a, just a – I don't even know who could have gone and gotten that one. Like, I don't I mean, know that Rob, Rob could have caught that. Like, Rob probably
0: could have, but
1: – Rob could have caught that, yeah. That was, that was a brutal pass. Yeah, I thought the same thing.
0: The the Celtics stay – I mean, everyone made the joke on Twitter. The Celtics stay unable to throw a good lob pass.
1: At some point, you got to stop blaming Terry Rozier and just admit that it's everyone. Not a single person on this team can throw a lob.
0: The last sort of things I have are just sort of like a little trip around the bubble from what the Celtics have been doing outside of basketball. So yesterday we saw a lot of acrobatics, handstand contests between Jalen and Marcus. Can you do a handstand, Tom?
1: I cannot do a handstand, Nicole. Thank you You for asking. (laughs)
0: smart was teaching him some like tumbling and stuff so like that was cool to see and like Javante was taking video so it's always fun when you see them all hanging out together you know what I mean and not just like in their rooms what else have we seen oh a swimming contest a swimming race between
1: Ennis can swim
0: Ennis and Marcus there was one other thing oh you'll appreciate this as a as a father I'm sure you saw Jason was doing story time with Deuce but the best part was he brought physical copies of the same book so that way they could read together yeah. like that's pretty heartwarming.
1: you could call it heartwarming, you could call it sad. that's where I went with it immediately. you know, like yeah. i'm I, Jason Tatum's a good dad. That's cool to see like it's it's cool to see him just be a just be a really good dad and really care about his kid. i mean, i I can't imagine how much he must be missing his little buddy, so yeah. uh, hope he I hope he's doing okay uh out of ten you uh, how are you feeling about the bubble right now?
0: So I feel like since the last time we've done this, a lot of guys have been sort of in and out of the bubble. Yeah, really an
1: airtight bubble right now.
0: For um For like, very legitimate for,
1: reasons, obviously. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like for approved reasons, like family emergencies, personal emergencies. That should have been expected. Like it's impossible to go a three month period with hundreds of players and not expect like something would come up that would require them to leave the premises. I'm curious to see what the next batch of results are, because obviously in the first release that the MBPA and the league put out, it said that there were no positive tests since people entered the bubble and if their sort of quarantine procedures work for people re-entering the bubble that number should hold true because so far like it's working even though it still seems very fragile and like still seems like it could stop working at any moment so I guess I'm back up to like a 7.5 I think I was at a 6.5 last time and also like the league does seem to be taking everything seriously. Like with Lou Williams, for example, like they're thinking about potentially increasing his quarantine time because of the activities that he did outside of the bubble. So I think I'm at a 7.5. What about you?
1: I've I've gone up a little bit too, just based on everything you said. I'm probably at about a six and a half, seven. Like I feel much better about it. It's good to hear Brad say a hundred times that everybody feels really secure and that the NBA has, you know, done a really good job. Like it seemed that like everybody feels, seems to feel pretty safe. And you know, even some of the reporters down there have said that they feel like they're pretty safe too. So I don't think it's just, you know, like a league talking point type thing. So we'll see, obviously rooting for it. All right, guys, well, we will leave it there. There is a scrimmage on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. As always, we really appreciate anybody who gets in touch with us, lets us know what you think. Both our DMs are open, so let us know what you think. If you feel like it, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a little note. We definitely appreciate those as well. So thank you guys all very much, and we will talk to you on Thursday. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground.